0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to welcome Kurt Cragthorpe back to the show, covering Utah golf for Fairways Media and the Salt Lake Tribune. Kurt, good morning. Good morning. You can you can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave, Kurt.
1: Yeah, you know, it's actually been a good uh, phase of, of my career to have some golf to latch on to, so... I've I've appreciated the opportunity. It's either an ability or a character flaw that I have. (laughs) The uh, capacity to turn something that a lot of people don't care that much about into something that I really care about, and that's uh, the Utah golf community. I I have to mention that PK's favorite editor at the Tribune once once said – that Jay Drew and I should just email our golf stories to each other because we were the only people that read them. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some truth to that. But uh, so I do have uh, 27,000 subscribers to Fairways Magazine four times a year. So got that in my favor. Is that that's, when it
2: comes out four times okay. a year?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it, mm-hmm. it's, it it's, it's pretty rare to still have a, a print magazine produced yeah. by a – Local golf association. Yeah, so,
2: I read it cover to cover when it comes out.
1: Well, that's that's that is the one thing about it. I mean, people, it's a target audience. People, right. People, you have to have a UGA handicap card to get the magazine. So, right. so people are going to be into it. So yeah. So I, I acknowledge that it's a niche audience, but uh, it does keep me in the business for sure.
0: Kurt joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption. While managing irrigation, find out more at SmartRain.net. So, Tony Romo, that gave the Utah Open a little celebrity appeal right there. And uh, the on the Monday press conference, I think that that stuff's been aired pretty well over the course of the week. Um as far as his comments on Zach and his no comment on the Saints, basically, I think I know what's going to happen, but Coach wouldn't like it if I let it out. Uh, did he expand anymore? Did, how many chances did you have to talk to him over the course of the week?
1: Yeah, I, I was more, again, interested in the, the golf aspect of it, so I really didn't talk much football with him. But but it was fun to watch him play golf. Uh, you know, the jazz players like uh, Kyle Korver and Darren Williams have played in the Utah before and and not even come close to making the cut but but romo besides having some name brand appeal and he did bring some fans out there and and even other golfers were interested in how he was doing he he can legitimately play he he doesn't it's kind of fun to watch him because he doesn't have golfer mannerisms uh you, you can tell he's kind of new to the game but but what he does bring is a athletic ability he's a in person he's a big strong looking guy and uh and he gets the golf ball around the course and and uh and really competes i mean he he just battled on every shot for three days and opened with a 68 and then followed with 71 73 but but you can tell he was into it uh, the, the one snapshot i clearly recall is he was playing in the group behind daniel summerhays on friday and Danny's group was finishing up on 18 and I look up and there's a fourth guy on the green and it's Romo almost uh, right when they were putting out because he he had walked up to kind of survey the green so you, you can tell that that he's into it and uh, he, he played hard and he played well.
2: Why was he there? What's he trying to accomplish?
1: You know, he, he's just a, an amateur golfer and I, I, I laugh about the fact that here's a guy who makes 17 million a year from CBS. He's going Cash a hundred and eighty merchant dollar hundred and eighty dollar merchandise certificate at the Riverside Pro Shop. But uh but yeah, he's he's an amateur golfer and and he and these guys who who play at that level just like to test themselves. He played in the Texas State Open, which is kind of the equivalent of the Utah Open. Barely missed a cut in that. And so yeah, he just he just wanted to play here. There's a there's a guy, a local guy named B J Staten who uh was from Dallas and and uh, now lives in Cottonwood Heights because he met his wife uh, at the what's now the Corn Ferry Tours Utah Championship, which is a cool story in itself because she was working in a pro-10, pro-am promotional booth and he chatted her up. And the next thing you know, he's married and living in Cottonwood Heights. But but that's the connection to Romo coming here. And uh, and I th- I think with Ryan Smith, the jazz owner, who I also had a chance to watch play during the week, I think there's some... Uh, possibilities to bring in more athletes with some name recognition like this and uh, spice up the event a little more in the future.
0: Okay, so it really goes to uh, how good golfers have to be at every level because obviously you got the PGA Tour and then you can watch the Corn Ferry Tour and those guys aren't at the same level, although they are at a pretty spectacular level. And then you go to the Utah Open and they'll be some players maybe who are either getting ready for the the Champions Tour or have uh, you know some type of ability to play in the Corn Ferry Tour, but there are a lot of golfers who don't. And so you kind of see these levels. How much do guys blow you away, even when they're a long way away from the Corn Ferry Tour level?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great observation. And that's what really fascinates me about pro golf is, is just how hard it is and how many guys – there are the the, the guy who won Derek Fribs from Colorado is a classic example. He has to go through the pre-qualifying stage of the corn ferry tour process, uh, coming up, I think next week probably. And then if he makes it through that, there's three more stages. If you were to get to the corn ferry tour and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he shoots 23 under par for three days at Riverside and, uh, it's just amazing how many guys like that there are in the world, just just trying to find places to play, and uh, and that's that's why I, I'm so intrigued by guys like Patrick Fishburne from Ogden and BYU is on the Cullen Ferry Tour trying to make it, and then, and then there's different levels to that. The Canadian Tour, it's kind of complicated this year because because of the pandemic, there's a Canadian Tour version in Canada and a Canadian Tour version in the United States, but. But like this past week, there were Utah high school or college graduates playing on on all these different tours, and uh, it's just it's just it's kind of like baseball in a way, but but it's more literally the the scores you shoot get you there or don't get you there, and and you, and in terms of these qualifying schools, you, you basically have one chance a year, and they didn't even have it last year, so it's it's doubly important for a lot of guys that. Uh, Missed that opportunity to take advantage of it this year, but yeah, to your point, it the, the depth of talent in the golf world is just astounding to me.
2: So, what's Summer Hayes doing? Because I thought he was retired, but he's back. What, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, he, he jokes about that. That he's in he's in the same sentence with Michael Jordan and Brett Favre of guys who <laughs> don't know how to retire. But but yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I I think that he discovered as as your wife knows from decades of teaching of of how demanding that profession is uh he, he spent uh, last year as a full-time teacher and boys golf coach at davis high school and, and realized okay that's that's an actual job <laughs> 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 and so he, he can he, he has the ability financially and and uh in other ways of, of his life to kind of dabble in whatever he wants to do but i, I I think he is rejuvenated as a player a little bit. And, uh, part of the reason that he that he quit at the time was he, he didn't really have good status on the corn Ferry Tour. He couldn't get into that many tournaments. But then the the, the irony of, of what he thought was going to be his last tournament at Oak Ridge in, in 2020 was that he, he tied for second and, and gained some more access to tournaments. And, and now he thinks he's actually going to go to the final stage of the qualifying tournament this year and, and see if he can just at least widen his options and, and have the ability to, to get into more tournaments because he obviously still can play. He, he made the cut in the last regular season, Corn Ferry event in Omaha, and then obviously played well Riverside tying for third this week.
0: So I couldn't tell because I saw in, like, parts of an interview, so maybe if I'd seen the whole interview it would have made more sense to me, but I, I was wondering if he was alluding to he didn't really want to do the grind anymore, and if that part of the grind he didn't want to do was really the travel, is that a big factor, or am I misreading that?
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, he still has uh, four children at home, and the oldest being thirteen, and so he, he doesn't want to be a truly a full time golfer. So, so, what he would ideally like to do, I think, is is get full status on the Corn Perry Tour, but but just play the events he wants to, and then. If it goes well, someday maybe he could get back to the PGA Tour level. But, but I, I think as much as anything, he just wants to have the ability to go play when he wants wants to or, or, or feels like it, and uh, and but just just not to pursue a week after week because that that is a grind.
2: So the life of Kurt Craigthorpe has been an interesting one to say the least. And you step aside uh what oh well about a year and a half ago a little longer than that after the what was it the alamo bowl and and last year there wasn't really a football season well this year it looks like we're going to have one fingers crossed and all that stuff uh what are your thoughts about not being involved and doing all that do you you to sit at home and and write yourself uh something up and email it to yourself how are you going to handle that (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's, that's a great question. And, you know what I find is really interesting is people ask how retirement is, and they they pretty much want a one word answer, kind of like <laughs> how you doing? Yeah, yeah, that kind you. of thing. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, uh, to the contrary, I I could talk for hours about it because I cycle through all these psychological phases. <laughs> not not to turn uh, your radio show into freighter train, which would. Uh,
2: and we did talk about it a few minutes more than a one-word answer at uh, Joe Baird's retirement party, so I know where you're going with us.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, so it's 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 actually been a very fascinating segment of my life. And but to your point, uh, the example that comes to mind immediately is as the Jazz were playing in the playoffs this past spring and summer. I I it can, I came to the of that if they played in the NBA Finals, that would just about kill me because I, <laughs> I would have been so left out. So, so so now I'm dreading the youths being in the Rose Bowl without me. But yeah, it, it's funny how your mind compartmentalizes things. You, you, you think about being on the campuses and being in the, in the press box on game day and kind of getting that adrenaline. And you forget about the, the Tuesday nights in early November when you're standing in on the plaza outside the youth practice field, waiting to do interviews and, uh, and on all the, the daily things that go into it. And so, so yeah, it's yeah, it's, you can't exactly pick and choose. You can't just do the fun stuff and, and, uh, skip the rest of it. But, but yeah, but to your point, there, there definitely is an element of feeling left out at times.
0: So one of your theories that I had never heard until I heard you break it out and I think we were standing outside of practice somewhere, killing time. And I don't even know where it was. <clears throat> but you, um, you dropped something about people from Utah, whether it's individual or teams, always finish second. And maybe it was because Steve Young had won his Super Bowl. And it was like the flaw in your theory, right? And somebody brought up, well, Lavelle won a national title. And subsequently, Mike Weir won a master's. Uh, but is that a theory you still hold near and dear to, or has there been enough winning now, even without the Rose Bowl in the NBA Finals?
1: Yeah, it's, it's still pretty uh, pretty intermittent to have Utah's actually win things. I mean, one example is that that Daniel Summerhays has never won a tournament as a professional golfer, as, as weird as that sounds. I mean, even uh, in the old days, Tony uh, now won the Pro Bowl Open for $3,000, but, I mean, you want to a golf tournament as a professional golfers. Summer has never did that. And that the, the whole genesis of my theory was, was in that convergence of around 97 and 98 when the Jazz finished second in the NBA and the Utes finished second in NCAA basketball. And So I started adding up all the other deals like that. But, but yeah, I, th- I think the theory pretty well holds true. I think Finau's finished second nine times on the PGA Tour with, to his one win and I mean, it, it, it's, it's harder to win than it is to finish second, it, especially in golf because you can, you can be in a six-way tie for second or whatever and count it as second place. But, but yeah, I, I, I think uh, the, series, the, the series still holds. The Utes, you, you could say they finished second in the Pac-12 football two years in a row. So, so yeah, the breakthroughs are, are still pretty rare.
2: So I talk to you about Ryan Smith jazz owner he's out there competing and he said something along the lines that basically it's a haven for him i'm I'm loosely paraphrasing uh, and it's it's uh, you know his way to unwind or whatever it might be that he used. I can't ex- remember the exact phrasing but also at the at the same time when you're out there and people are watching. You know, whether it's just your playing partners or some media, you said Romo brought some spectators. Ryan Smith has a higher profile. So if you're going to watch Tony Romo play, you might as well go over a couple of fairways and check out Ryan Smith. So the point being, eyes are on you, and you got to have some level of competitiveness to even dare get out there. I mean, I jeez, I couldn't imagine even teeing it up there. I'd be so nervous. But uh, he's willing to do it. So he's got to have a drive to succeed. And obviously he does in the business world or he wouldn't get to where he's already been. And I want to relate that to the jazz because, see if you buy this like type of theory that I'm going with, is that he's out there competing in a public event trying to do his very best, so there's an internal drive to compete. And how does that relate to the Jazz? Because as of right now, and things could change as the season progresses, he's got a right $39, $40 million luxury bill tax. So what do you think of his willingness to compete? You've seen it at the golf level. And how strong is it going to be? Because it's easy for me to say, yeah, go ahead and compete at the highest level, but I don't have to write that $35, $40 million check at the end of this year, depending on how the roster is, if I'm over the salary cap. What do you think about his willingness to compete at the highest level? We've seen him trying it in golf, but as far as basketball and virtually win at a significant cost, not necessarily at all costs, but a significant cost.
1: Yeah, I think you're really onto something there, PK. I i I'll, I'll back up and, t- and talk about him as a golfer first. And, uh, in, in contrast to Tony Romo, who looks like an athlete just got transported onto a golf course. You watch Ryan Smith for one hole and you can tell that he is a golfer. He just, he just acts like a golfer. All his mannerisms are, are exactly like uh, a pro golfer would go about things. And, uh, and, yeah, he, he, he does compete, but he clearly loves golf. He, he, he wasn't just out there for, for giggles, there, no question about that. He was, he was battling to shoot a score, and he, he, he hit some of the most impressive shots I've seen all summer in, in tournament golf. Now, he's, he's a little rusty when it comes to that, and, and the one thing about playing in that tournament, to your point, you, you, you're accountable for every single shot. It's not like a pro-am where if you have a bad hole, doesn't count uh, and and so it, it there's some scrutiny that and accountability that goes along with that so so I had a really good impression just of him as a person as and a golfer watching him play all day all morning on Friday but now to to address your point I I think there's no question that I think if you look at his life in entirety, it's all about competition. I mean, he doesn't still have to be the CEO of Qualtrics. He sold the company, but yet he's, he's competing every day to, to make it better. And uh, there's, there's, I, I did come away, in a golf context, I definitely came away with the impression that, that he is driven to be the really good, if not the best, at everything he does, and NBA ownership is definitely one of those things.
0: All right, we'll leave it here. Last thing before we let you go, Kurt, one golf story that you have emailed to Jay and he has liked that really should be shared with our audience. You know, that's got the <laughs> Kurt Cragthorpe Jay Drew stamp of approval.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a good one. I'm going to say it's uh, Kirsten Fotu, a BYU women's golfer, making the cut in the Utah Open. In, in the whole scheme of sports, that is uh, kind of insignificant. But, but in the golf world, it, it's a huge thing. In, uh, in a tournament that started in 1926, he's the first woman to, to play the final round yesterday. So I thought that was pretty cool, but uh, probably won't register with the rest of the world.
0: Kurt, we appreciate your time, as always, and we'll have you back on the show so you don't feel left out.
1: I appreciate that, (laughs) Frazier.
0: Kurt Kragthorpe used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune, still does a little bit for them. And you can read him in the Fairways media as well, and you'll see him at a golf course near you. Who knows when. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're getting a lot of reaction to the question of the day. Mel Kuyper believes... That Utah, or that Utah, that BYU is going to be in a lot of trouble when they play USC in the final game of the season. We'll get your reaction to that next. Stay with us. Now, let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. CBS Sports College football writer Chip Patterson. Three division championships in the last six years knocking on the door of the college football playoff before falling to Oregon. I think that we have to look at Kyle Whittingham's time in the Pac-12 and Utah's success, particularly over the last half decade or so, and say that they need to be on your short list of contenders just anytime you step in. I think Charlie Brew is going to have a fantastic season. I think because of the improved play the quarterback position we can see Andy Ludwig's offense produced at a level more similar to what they were able to do in 2019 with Tyler Huntley I don't think Utah's going to be undefeated but I think that Utah can win the Pac-12 South in just doubling down on calling my shot saying that they could take down Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the Top 60 Players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60, presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health & Fitness, here on the Zone Sports Network. Mel Kyber says USC will clobber, two-word quote right there, will clobber, BYU. Why so disrespectful for a team coming off such a great season? The Bruce. Bruce Jensen tweets at us, well, I'm just stating the obvious stereotypes. Blue blood school, high recruiting classes, industry expectations versus BYU. Low recruiting classes, religious school, with honor code enforcement, where football is fifth. No, it's not. Not anymore. That was then. This is now. Did Broncos say fifth football was fifth. Yeah. Man, that's way down. <laughs> says, "I mean, I'd wait at least a game or two before making a statement like that. Could be embarrassing when the Cougars beat them and keep USC out of the playoff." Winking emoji. Oh, that'd be gigantic! Yeah.
2: If SC is in that situation, they would have two games to go: BYU, and then obviously, if they're in that situation, they got to have won the South, right?
0: Isn't that more of a, B, in the BCS era, we did see a lot of those late-season upsets where we thought everything was set, and then the final week in the season, or in a conference championship game, we saw a team go down to defeat. But in the playoff era, it seems like teams mostly seal the deal. It's just gotten way Whoa, more Whoa,
2: BYU, losing to BYU?
0: is, And you could get if in you're the playoff and in to the BYU? top four. If you're SC in the top four, no. the top four teams don't get beat very often. Okay, but if you did... Oh, it would be huge. It would absolutely be huge. Oh, you're just saying that the just top four teams don't lose late. That's what I'm saying, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, they all just right. don't. Oh, right. But you're right, if it happened, it'd be ginormous. No, it'd be... And the great thing about
2: it is that for once, finally, since 1991 or whenever it was that they beat Miami... We, would, we couldn't say, well, SC was having a down year.
1: Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> every big BYU win, with the exception of Miami, well, that other team, fill in the blanks, having a down year. It's never, when BYU loses to those teams, it's never, well, BYU's having a down year. It's always, see, they suck. They're frauds. It's never well. They're having a down year, or they had injuries. No, you suck. Uh-huh. You're awful. Go away. But when they win, fill in the blanks. Having a bad down year. I might have to root for SC to go undefeated
0: this year. Ooh, go eleven and zero to beat your youths and beat your devils. Just so the Cougars can tee them up on Thanksgiving weekend. Hence the word might. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're not going to do that. <laughs> you can't do well, that. I mean, I
2: don't, I don't root anyway. I mean, that doesn't matter. What does rooting do? It doesn't, Nothing. <laughs> so, really, who cares what I root for and don't root for? But uh, if, if SC has to win the South, if you're telling me right now SC wins the so- South... Knowing that they play BYU at the end of the season, the literal last game, mm-hmm. why not be 11-0? and zero? It's good for the Pac-12. If they're going to be in
0: first place anyway. It's much easier for me to root for SC than it is Phil Knight State. How would the band spell that out? P-K-S-U? <laughs>
2: yeah, P-K-S-U. <laughs> yeah, it might be your
0: school, though. Could be Pat Kinahan State University.
2: <laughs> uh, no, I think that I would call it some and put a fundamental there before the university. Mm-hmm. So I think I would go Phil Knight Fundamental University. So it could be PKFU.
0: Yeah, got it. We got it.
2: I would put the state out. Even uh, I got it, and we know I got a history of missing those things. So, But
0: I was on point.
2: Much easier to root for the for for SC, and then you've got the Pac-12 needs to get in. I mean, my gosh, the world is coming to an end unless they get in the playoff. And then once they get in the playoff, everything is to be solved. In fact, if they get in the playoff this year. we'll Brent will rehire Larry Scott and make him a consultant <laughs> or something.
0: Yeah. Larry will be off the side going, "Why didn't they get it together when yeah, I was I mean, there?" The
2: funny thing is that ultimately, that that. All these other things don't matter. If they would have kept putting teams in the playoff, it wouldn't have mattered near as much. But they haven't. And I don't think
0: SC's gone once, have they? No. Yeah. No, they haven't been a playoff. Right. Oregon went once. And Washington. Washington went once. Yeah. So, Oregon won their semi and Washington lost their So I think
2: if it came to that and SC's going to get in, you might as well have a team, whoever it is, get undefeated. It would be the same thing with Oregon. I just assume if Oregon is going to win the conference... Whoever wins the conference, I'd rather them be undefeated. So they can get in and everybody can shut up. (laughs) So And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which team it is at that point. The problem is no one's gone undefeated in the conference. And then they have these big non-conference games. Oregon has to go to Ohio State.
0: So it could be the same thing that Oregon had a couple years ago. Oregon loses by three at Ohio State and gets beat by one point by Utah. 35-34. Yeah, they're out. <laughs> that <laughs> they're seems out. so ridiculous <laughs> I mean, to me. I know. You know? know. Which is
2: what happened, but essentially, will, two years ago. That
0: will lead to a course of... Yeah, the difference being these two teams that we just said would have more respect than that ASU club. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't played a game, so there's, so no, we just
2: doubt there's the no difference. What, right now, there's no difference. Wasn't that a seven-win ASU team? Yeah, but you don't have no idea what Utah's going to be when they play them. That's what I'm saying. You don't. You're assuming. Are you are assuming that, that was a, a fact.
0: fact. I'm going to definitely assume <laughs> that Ohio State's better than seven and five. So it comes down to what do we assume about the youth? Well, yeah, but it wasn't the, the Ohio State didn't
2: the loss that that Oregon had was it to Auburn? Did it, that wasn't the one that kept them out? No, it was, it was the conference one. Yep. Uh, late in the season. So, because no one has gone through undefeated, so yeah, I would love if SC's is going to do it. Have them be eleven and zero when they face the Cougars. Why not? If I am the Cougars, I'd want them to be eleven and zero too for two reasons. I get the biggest bang for my buck if I beat them, and that meant they beat your dreaded rival. Sweet, yeah. Start rooting for that right now. Right. So why wouldn't you want that? I mean, you got You got to play them either way, right? And I don't think at that point you are going to be five and six fighting for bowl eligibility. I mean, because what the heck is a six and six playing in some who gives a crap bowl that nobody wants to be there anyway? Uh, so uh, I, I don't think it'll come to that. But if I'm a BYU fan, I absolutely want SC to run the table. And if you should find a way to win, and that's in the Coliseum too, no less, on Thanksgiving weekend on a Saturday, and SC, the premier program in the West, being undefeated. Oh my goodness! You'd have every everybody would be interested in that game big time. That's the point of playing that game, isn't it?
0: That is the point of playing that. Game. Yeah. Well, dad, making money and exposure and all that stuff. Well, that that's going to come. Yeah. Well, exposure factors
2: into the uh, the 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 team being good. The more the better they are, the better SC is, the more exposure it's going to get. That would be the talk of the town on uh, that Saturday, or yeah. or a, a maybe not the talk, but certainly on game day and all those things, and whatever Fox does with their pregame show, whatever it's called now, uh, that would be a prominent discussion point. So if I want that, and I'm surprised that Mel said that they're going to be dis- they're going to get clobbered, I'm going to go on record and say BYU's not going to get clobbered.
0: Ben tweets at us, clobbering BYU isn't disrespectful to USC. Annihilation is still just as likely. Mel's trying to be kind to the Cougars. What? (laughs) He doesn't think they're going to get clobbered. He thinks they're going to get annihilated. What the hell's the difference between uh, those two words? Losing by 20 or losing by 40? I don't know.
2: Annihilation and
0: clobber? Yeah. They're synonyms. There's no difference between those two words. So it goes at All Day. Mgray Gray tweets back, well, BYU doesn't lose to USC. That's a Utah thing.
2: <laughs> hey, I don't think BYU's beaten SC in the Coliseum. Uh,
0: as near as I can remember, BYU is 1-2 and two against USC because they lost to them twice in the Croton era. When SC was on top of their game, Reggie Bush and all that stuff. And then, obviously, BYU got him in overtime a couple of years ago. Yeah, at home. And the Utes against USC, uh, they split a couple bowl games with them. A Freedom Bowl they lost and a Vegas Bowl they won. And then they've come in the league and gone, I think, 3-5. and five? Well, the point is that neither team has won
2: in the Coliseum. Right. That's the point. That is... And both teams this year, this is like old school, they're both going to play in the Coliseum this year. How many times can we say that? They have common opponents throughout the schedule. This is the year. This is going to be such a great season that they're going to have to take two years off just to recover.
0: (laughs) And because of Baylor. I thought it was Florida. Is it Florida, not Baylor? They're playing the Baylor years and not playing the Florida years. <laughs> there's a crossover, I believe, on one year oh, really? with no. that. I thought it was the Florida thing. We can't Florida's play BYU. Florida's the reason why they're not playing BYU. We have yes. to, yeah. But then there's a Baylor-Florida matchup, I think, in the same
2: year. I'm for waiting for guys. SC to say, yeah, you know, we can't play Notre Dame because we're playing BYU this year.
0: Not going to happen.
2: <laughs> but the— our rivals, Utah and SC, man. I mean, I was down in Pac-12 country uh, last month, and everybody I talked to was just circling the uh, Utah-SC game. I mean, it's the biggest rival on SC's
0: schedule. It's a massive rivalry now. It just goes to to show. That you have no input into scheduling, because if you did, you'd have been at the table and this is being discussed, going, Uh, have you thought this all the way through?
2: <laughs> well, I don't mind that they don't play them, but don't tell me we can't play BYU because we're playing Florida. And that's what you would have said had you been at the table and yeah, that was being discussed. Don't though. admit that! <laughs> <laughs> and then try to say, oh, the in-state game. Because everything you say and do mostly does not... Dictate that it's a meaningless game because you run out. Well, we can't play BYU because we're playing Florida. Yeah, I'm waiting for SC Clay Helton. He said, You know, PK man, I can't believe we're playing BYU. We're SC, yeah. bring it on. I can't believe we're playing Notre Dame this year, man, because we got BYU at the end of the schedule. You believe that? You see what they're doing to me? They're trying to get me fired. <laughs> <laughs> Just Utah, memo to Utah, don't admit it. Say, we're just going to take a two-year break. But don't say, well, because we got to play Florida, that we can't play you guys. Yeah. Come on. And that, that, you you want to be thought of as the toughest, biggest, baddest team on the block, Mr. Physical this and that, then fine. Go ahead. Bring them. Play one, play them all. Play
0: Alabama, BYU, and Florida. So the 2022 schedule next year is Florida, Southern Utah, and San Diego State. Yach brings up 23. That's when they play Florida, Baylor, and Weber State. If I'm Brady
2: Hoke, I say, guys, you listen here, man. They can't play BYU, but they can play us? This is complete and total dis-friggin' respect. We will not tolerate it. Get that word to Brady. You're tight with uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) B.H. Really not. Never met him. (laughs) Don't even really well, he's a like. tough guy. He's a fake guy. You're a tough guy? guy. He's a fake well, tough guy. Well, you're a fake tough guy, too. That we've got in <laughs> common. Rocky Long could take us both. Rocky Long's a real tough guy. He's 72 years old. <laughs> he's still a real tough guy. I don't want to tangle with Rocky at 72. I don't want to tangle with Jerry Sloan at 72. 72-year-olds you don't want to brawl with. Those two come to mind. <laughs>
2: But think about it; they can play San Diego State. Get the word, get the word out to that dude who thinks we're shooting black people in down Main Street in Provo.
0: Still, what radio guy was that? I don't know. You you remember what I'm talking about? I know that I remember that it happened. Yeah, but I don't know. know. He said walking in Provo was was like walking in Birmingham
2: in the 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 fifties. Yeah. Get that word out to that guy. That's complete disrespect to your Aztecs. They'll have the new stadium back by then, won't they?
0: It doesn't matter they're playing up here, but still. <laughs> Follow along. <laughs> they, they will, yes. They're, they're two years up in Carson. They did one in the pandemic. That was smart. They're not going to have fans anyway, so hurry it along. Yeah, And, yeah, the the stadium won't be open this year, but it will be the next year. I can't believe that the Utes— But Utah had, State will get a look at it.
2: I can't believe that the Utes have agreed to play San Diego State and BYU in the same
0: year. <laughs> Talk about daunting. <laughs> They've done that. They've done that many years. <laughs> This is a blast. That's got to stop. This is a blast from the past, man. <laughs> this goes back to the Rice Stadium. Are we days. trying to make this program competitive? <laughs> this goes or back. What? This goes back to when there was that old wooden scholarship box up there on the uh, on the east side. Well, they didn't think that through. There was an asphalt path down well, yeah. on the west side, and now you can kiss my asphalt. Hey, oh! I knew <laughs> as, soon as I said that you were gonna let it go. All right, DJ PK, 97.5 at 12:80, the zone. The Big Show Show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. What would have to happen for Donovan Mitchell to win the NBA Most Valuable Player? He would have to go full on, I am the team now. I mean, (laughs) I don't see Donovan scoring 30 points a game on this team. Certainly capable of doing it. I'm not talking about capability. I know. I'm talking about role and system and what makes the Jazz successful. The Jazz aren't the type of team that get out of the way on a missed free throw so Russell Westbrook can get the rebound.
1: (laughs) That's not exactly
0: their philosophy. He could do it, but it wouldn't be good for the team, which is the whole idea behind being a most valuable player
1: i don't think the mvp always goes to the
0: most valuable player catch the big show weekdays from two to seven presented by big O tires the team you trust on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network the one one fly ball right center deep got a chance five hundred
1: miguel cabrera has done it The high five to Santiago as he rounds third and his teammates pour out of the dugout. And this crowd in Toronto on their feet.
0: McGill Cabrera's 500th home run is the Chevy Strong play of the game. 28th player in Major League Baseball history to hit 500 career homers. Know that play today at 450 on the Big Show and you will win fabulous prizes.
2: I got something for you. What is that? Let's check it out. TMZ. Mm -hmm. Kyle Kuzma has a almost uh, about half back length tat. Yeah. And it is of the Utah mountains. Yeah,
0: it's the Rocky. It it looks like a jazz logo from the 90s. At the top, I'll give you that. But about a third of the way down, I wouldn't say so. There were a lot of comments about that on social media over the weekend as that made its appearance. That's where I seen it
2: you're getting a tat representing the homeland, what's it going to be?
0: <laughs> well, for a lot of people, it'll have to be something from Lake Powell. That's their, their favorite Utah spot. Oh, not for me. Oh, really? No. We're aware of for that. For you? What, well, what green is it going to be? No, no. It involves a trumpet.
2: I was going to say CTR, maybe. Hey, that that's CTR, that's a hotly debated topic, whether we should be teaching that or not. I'm not getting involved in that.
0: Well, once upon a time, there was a local player who had CTR. I'm not, well, I'm add. not, that,
2: that race theory stuff, I'm not even touching that. No way. That'd I'm be, not going down be, that road. That'd be CRT, CRT but that, you know. CTR.
0: Oh. <laughs> Dial it back over there, cowboy. <laughs> you almost running out of air. I say, because there's no I'm way. I'm not getting
2: into that. Ah! <laughs> well, I assume you guys, because you guys are constantly talking about that stuff during the break. I gotta You guys get on topic Literally for not a at sports all.
0: show here, guys. Literally not at all.
2: No, I think I'm going to get a picture of the Salt Lake Temple.
0: Mm-hmm. Big tat on my back. I really thought it was going to be a Ow. A golf hole somewhere. Oh, I want something that's everlasting
2: far beyond. Now you guys think that According to your doctrine, I've been reading up on this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say this. You can't. You you're can't. forcing me here. No, it's my fault. I agree. You I laugh. Agree. I agree. You laugh. You laugh, laugh first. Cool. You
0: laugh first. But I laugh quietly. <laughs> but I'm looking Nobody at it. Nobody knew.
2: But big deal. I said, well, you did. You look forced me. He's got an awesome poker face. The two of yous forced me into that one. The two of yous. <laughs> All right. The twos of us. All right, yeah. Jersey guy. So uh, now you believe that everything will be restored. Like if. If you're bald, you'll get your hair back. So when you come back, do you come back with all the tats?
0: Twenty-seven, prime of your life. Yeah. According to the doctor, you're supposed told. to be able to pick what you want. So you there are gonna be tats what in the are you afterlife. Pick, Yach? All my tats, they're all coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any tats. You no, know, you got that MV on your ankle. Right? But right. all the old, M- linemen, M- all the old line. linemen got that, right, Yuck? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of them got that. Warm, Utah. Come on now. I felt bad for you when I saw the score Friday. Oof. You shouldn't feel bad. They're resetting once again. Reloading here. We'll, we'll get some recruiting going on later. Yeah. But, okay.
2: Way to go. So are you restored with your tats intact? Did everybody ask you when you were out in the field, so to speak?
0: Hit us up on Twitter with your answers to this one. I don't know. It's I don't know the o'clock. question of that. We have to go now because we have a serious topic coming up. Not this. <laughs> this you, is, you're, is t- you're potentially truss. serious. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> I love that. You don't give ground on anything, man. <laughs> you don't give ground no matter what. You stake out your spot and that's it. Yuck, what's that young gal? We protect this house, <laughs> is Kyle <kinda> Whittingham <laughs> likes to say. She, potentially serious. There's I a, can't argue that it's serious. He's got me. <laughs> but it's potentially serious. It is. There's that one North gal's a motivational Street, speaker. GK. Her name's Al Fox.
2: Right, and she's all tatted no. up, right? The tatted no tatted yeah. Right. Now, when she's resurrected uh, and comes back, or whatever it is, help me out here, my, my vocabulary's a little off. Resurrected. Is it going to be, are her tats going to be there? I no figured, retreat whatsoever,
0: man. I figure she wants them, she'll be able to have one.
2: Okay, there it is! Potentially serious. He spoke to the... He taught you the know, people in Asian
0: country! I don't think... He was in Taiwan. Yes, I know. I don't <laughs> okay. think... Yes. I don't think I've ever had anyone... I forgot anyone, which country. I don't think I've ever had anyone... Yak, have you ever had anyone in any debate, argument, where you know it's fired up people? Has anyone ever retreated but held their ground? with the line, potentially serious. (laughs) What's wrong with that? Probably not. You are a beauty, man. All right, Mark Anderson, sports reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, with some potentially serious comments from the Pac-12 commissioner about expansion. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.